Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Seems like a lot of running. And the amazing Chris Randazzo. I will stop, but I will not apologize. We here on this week's episode talk television. This week was Karen's pick. She chose Archer. Season 7, episodes 5 and 6, Bel Panto, parts 1 and and two. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Suggest shows. We, we I, I mean, like, get, tell us what you want us to talk about because, like, we've been doing this now for 144 episodes. Let us know. So, Karen. Yes. It's always a good time watching Archer. It really is. And... Um, as we were discussing, you know, you guys pick your quotes, and as I watch for the second time, I try to figure out what you guys are going to say, and I came. I don't look at the quotes on IMDb, so I, I, I chose a couple, and um, one that made me laugh out loud the first time was, there are easier ways to be almost eligible for food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm so turned on, I think I'm getting dehydrated. <laughs> I don't know what kids are into these days. Are whippets still a thing? <laughs> these these quotes come so fast. This show is so funny. So, this, all right, what made you cho- choose this episode, these episodes, other than the fact that it was two episodes worth of goodness? <laughs> Do we really need anything else? <laughs> uh, it's um, true. So, I did an Archer rewatch slash continuation because we had cut off uh at season six Ooh, okay um and then i got the go-ahead from chris to move on without him and so we i i <laughs> now that's love on. right there I'm, go- I'm saying that out loud <clears throat> go on without me honey <laughs> um Leave so me. i got to <laughs> venture into seasons seven eight nine um and i had been dubious about uh, the continuation of Archer past season six because that's when they started into this all concept season business that they've been doing where each season is kind of a different animal. S- right. So the end of what was season six, the one where he dies? No. Um, when was so that? <laughs> so what happened was they did four seasons as ISIS, the uh, spy agency. Right. Season five was Archer <laughs> Vice when they were, they, ISIS got shut down and they were like drug kingpins. Right. Sort of. There was always a pallet of cocaine somewhere. Yes. And they and dealt then, in cougar ants, right? <laughs> yes. I don't know. You got cougar ants. <laughs> um, and then season six, they went back to be, being a spy agency and then that was, I guess, not sustainable anymore. So they started doing these concepts, which is where this started, season seven, which was 
Um, it wasn't full concept episode uh, season because they're still the same characters. They just became a detective agency in Hollywood instead mm-hmm. of a New York-based spy agency. Slightly different concept, but gotcha. same. Yeah, same. Because later on, they 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 went like old school, didn't they? Like right, so and shit. <laughs> spoiler alert: At the end of this season, Archer gets shot and goes into a coma. Or and then does he? Oh wait. And then season eight is Archer Dreamland, which is a you know a noir detective story, which is and in essence a theme for a dream of Archer's. Yes, supposedly it's it's his coma dream. And then the next season nine is uh, Danger Island, which is like a I don't know, this <laughs> is a wacky island adventure kind nice. of thing. Nice. Um, so I hadn't seen any of these concept seasons, um, and. Really, the reason that I chose that this one is that I wanted to, uh, I guess, show you guys and our audience that despite their, like, taking liberties with the format, this show is still so fucking good. It is, like, gold. It, it, yes. I mean, like, <laughs> there was not a bad joke like everything hit and hit really well. Like he, there's a whole scene where he is um, talking with the the woman that he is supposed to be protecting or guarding because she's wearing that the necklace, the huge emerald necklace. And as he's talking to her, he is he is communicating pseudo adult like, but as he's saying things, he keeps saying phrasing, but. But he just, just like keeps going, yeah. <laughs> like, as if it was part, like it was meant to be in the <laughs> sentence. This- and that's one thing that oh. I've noticed um, binging this show is that um, they're so consistent mm-hmm. with all of their like they keep their running jokes really running, but they don't beat them into the ground. Like that's how they. Uh, they got phrasing, and then they stopped doing phrasing, and then not doing phrasing became a joke about. <laughs> or are, are we, they still do, are doing, we phrasing? doing phrasing? <laughs> are, are so we not they, doing phrasing they, anymore? <laughs> they do like they do the they keep their humor consistent, but they they find ways to keep it fresh after what is this seven seasons? Right, right, absolutely. Um, so in this episode, these episodes in particular, we got a, a special guest. Uh, a couple of special guests, but Patton Oswald. Yes, he is a recurring guest throughout this season. Oh, his! He, I mean, for the straight guy in in this comedic episode, he did a really funny job. Like he was just shy of the butt of every interaction that he has with one of the characters, and it gave you know Cyril a, a little break every once in a while because man, Oshevitz, they pick on that guy relentlessly oof um chris yeah now you apparently backed away to let your wife enjoy this on her own how did you feel about the return your return to archer i had also started a rewatch not too long ago i still freaking adore this show just uh i have a harder time watching anything while uh, i'm at work that i haven't seen before Gotcha. Um, and honestly, I kind of had to stop my Archer rewatch because it was too goddamn funny. <laughs> yeah, at a cubicle, this is not good. This is. 
There's like certain things that I've seen a billion times before. Like, you know, I was doing Aqua Teen and, and Sea Lab and whatnot. And those are all just, those are all great. But I've seen them so many times that even though they still make me laugh, they don't make me like spit take laugh. And uh, I was just having so much fun with Archer. And then I was like, I got to, I got to do something a little less distracting because, because that's just distracting. <laughs> And in a good way, not not in a yeah. bad way, in a very very good way. Um, I, you know, it's 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 just one of many things that I can't you know I can't I can't background watch Archer as much as I would like to, just because it's it is so fast, it is so funny, and and it's so well done. It's like it's hard for me to not just pay attention to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I, sure if I've seen if I had seen it a couple more times, I'd be able to pull it off, but. Yeah, I'm just I, not there you with know that what? show. I, I, I literally watched this twice in the past week, and I've seen this these episodes previously, and still, even on the third watching, I'm still picking out new things. Like, I, I guess I just didn't pay attention to the Cheryl character the first couple of times. But like her storyline with with um, Stockholm syndrome and slowly becoming a a clown fangirl, like. <laughs> That was funny stuff. It, it's the each of the characters has a a minor storyline for their own because they they split the group into waiters and and party goers, and each one of them is it, each group is dealing with this ridiculous set of circumstances where you know the the the, the party gets interrupted by gun wielding criminals wearing clown masks and i remember cheryl being one for the drama but like her over the top this episode and consistently funny the i don't know like i I haven't done a rewatch of this show in quite a while like i'll just catch an episode every now and again i don't remember the beginnings like this show really found its stride i remember being slower i guess is the 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 best way i could put it in the beginning and then when it when those jokes started to snowball like they just kept going and going and going and and the show is like really really entertaining for a 30 minute adult cartoon like this is not this is quality wise way better than like family guy yeah because joke wise and story wise like this these actually have stories (laughs) and it's so smart like a lot of the jokes are so smart like you might actually have to pause it and google it yeah and then when you get it you're like like it's even funnier (laughs) cheryl has a couple of first it's more like the first like two seasons of family guy before it got canceled yeah and then if you you know you go back to those two couple of seasons and family guy was was super smart it was super fast uh and then like when it came back, the, those little flashback jokes became like that time we dot, 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 and then do the flashback. They, they all have that very obvious setup. And in the original couple of seasons, they just didn't, they didn't do that. They, you know, they yeah. were smarter. But it's... I, sorry, tangent. <laughs> Family Guy makes me sad. Uh-huh. This... And the, okay. the characters are so consistent. Like, they're really strong characters. They're really well-defined, like... I don't know how, to, how else to say it. But and completely like, unique characters to themselves. Like it, Absolutely. There, there's no two like characters in this show. Everybody has their own personalities, their own 
quirks, their own, even their own form of comedy, and it all works really seamlessly. Like, okay, so there's there's a scene where um, Cyril is like they're making fun of him, and then he just looks because Cheryl is like literally la- pointing and laughing at him, and he goes, "I." I banged you, you on, on a, a blimp. blimp. <laughs> and she goes, oh, yeah. Whatever happened to blimps? Like, that's <laughs> just funny. And recalling something that happened however long like, ago. Season one. That was season <laughs> one, that episode. <laughs> like, that's the sign of, of good quality show writing. Because it's it's a callback to something that was not really important but it became important because it, it it was like a defining moment for Cyril. Um, this I, I watched. I guess I watched a. I don't know. There was a, there was another episode where they were dealing with Veronica Dean mm-hmm. and um, Krieger. Like they're on the set, and Krieger has a bunch of his robots working <laughs> with him. I don't know if it was before or after. I just started turning it on. But they kept t- talking about the Turing test. Yeah, and I it took me a minute because I knew that if they weren't going to explain it, I would have to Google it because I it sort of clicked. There was something there, like I knew that's a real thing, and then the show took the minute to explain it to then show how they can make it funny because like the Turing test is can a robot you know fool a human into thinking that it's human and he's like yes my robots can do this and then someone asks the robot to explain love and its head explodes or no he starts freaking (laughs) out and they shoot it in the head and he cries like it's a living being like that's what this show is so all in all i every time i watch this show it's it's a joy like there i haven't experienced a bad season the only problem is, is that they're short. Like I, it's a half hour. This was nice. I got I got forty five minutes to an hour. This was good, and I you know, I yet again, Karen, fantastic. <clears throat> they're like candy. You can you know they're short, but you can just have a lot of them. You can just you know <clears throat> pop them back. Yeah, you can watch like if you've seen it, like Chris says, you can watch this in the background, and then whenever you tune into it mentally, you're gonna laugh. Like, there is something funny on the screen consistently. And And it's rare nowadays. I will agree with Chris that it is hard to watch in the background if you haven't seen it before. I have had some slow times at work and also, um, you know, had to pick my moments when I I was not busy Mm -hmm. to be watching this. Uh, But... When did Cheryl become a country western star? That was season five. That was the Vice season when they were drug dealers. And that's when, uh, what's the other, Pam got really skinny because she was doing all the coke, right? Yes. See, like, that's, that shouldn't be funny, but it was funny. But they, they found a way. (laughs) Um, That's another thing I like about this episode is uh, I feel like this is the beginning of Pam starting to come into a more, um, I don't know, positive uh, but more active role in the group where yeah. she she ended up tackling one of the clowns and, and disguising herself as that. Because uh, later in this season and then in the in eight and nine, she starts to be more of a like more of an action character than uh, than she's been before. In this episode, she literally says, I hope I'm not allergic to clown blood. 
as she is rolling <laughs> up her sleeves to kick the ever-living shit out of one of the characters. <laughs> what are you doing in here? Uh, I heard you were getting your ass kicked. <laughs> you know, okay, and another thing about this show that I like is that every... I'm, in this episode, in these episodes, I heard it three times where someone would say a joke and then go, no, wait, and then slightly change the joke and then like just like sort of leave it out for the audience to decide if it was a better choice. Like uh, Cheryl says to one of the guys, like uh, miniature Tony Montana, and then she goes, no, 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 wait, tiny, tiny Montana. Montana. <laughs> it's like. That it, if the if the first joke didn't hit, they're gonna try again immediately, and usually they they succeed the second time around. And certainly that's a process that goes that they they go through in the writers' room refining the jokes. But they find a way to be able to use the first draft and the second draft <laughs> in the script and have them both be funny. When when Pam finishes kicking the shit out of the the the, the clown. And he, he, she locks him in the fridge and she says, stay cool, pony boy. As she's close, she's like, eh. Like, yeah, I know. It was kind of weak, but I said it. I'm okay with it. It's self-aware, and that's another thing I think that helps keep this show fresh, is that it knows what it is. Yes. And it, it acknowledges it right to the audience. You know what? I have to make comment because I'm, my, I am looking at the IMDb listing, but I'm only looking at season five because in season six... Not only do we get Patton Oswald, um, hold on. No, it's not. Who are the two cops? Um, J.K. Simmons and Keegan Michael Key. Like, those are <laughs> those are big deals right there. Yep. And they resemble themselves, which I yes. thought was really cool. Um, they, uh, they, I think they have a lot of fans that, uh, like in in Hollywood, that want to get involved in common guest on the show <laughs> jk simmons and and the interaction between jk simmons and and keegan michael were phenomenal because he was way over the top with his energy and excitement for what's going on and and jk was like no there's no such thing as knockout gas <laughs> oh i really yeah. i really thought that was a thing that's another thing I really appreciate about appreciate about the show is how it like it it's very accurate. Yes. It doesn't mess around with like cutting corners like Hollywood often does with things where it's like, "Yeah, we'll just uh say this thing happened." <laughs> and, and and especially with Archer when he's explaining how he's going to, you know, he's going to what? He, why he had to break the guy's neck and he couldldn't shoot him and all this stuff he, he it's like, very loud. he's very th- and it's very thought through and uh you know just like no we're not gonna assume that the audience is idiots and they'll buy just like any little thing we're gonna like what would really happen they take it very seriously and and that makes it better and I fully agree with that so all right Karen fantastic pick thank you. <laughs> Now I'm going to have to rewatch Archer. Again. It is well worth your time. It really, truly is, but there are other things. Oh. All right, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. Have you ever been sitting on a beach, cutting into a pear, and decided you'd just get up and murder the crap out of nearby strangers? We all have, right? Well, there just so happens to be a great TV show about that very thing. 
And if you missed that fact, well, you aren't alone. New shows, movies, games, and media of all flavor come out all the time, and it's just impossible to keep up with it all. GeekAid's own Brenda is a frequent victim of this situation, and she's decided to write about it. For her first entry in this new series, she details her experience catching up on 2017's The Sinner. Don't miss Tardy to the Party, The Sinner, located in the think tank. The passing of comic book legend Stan Lee has has had a profound effect on many of us here at Geekade. Jonathan and Patty of the Mutant Musings podcast dedicated a sizable portion of their latest episode to celebrating the works of Marvel's main man. He was largely responsible for the creation of the X-Men, after all, and there wouldn't be a Mutant Musings without the X-Men. Be sure to check out Mutant Musings, episode 36, Giving Thanks. Oh my god, you guys. This season of Doctor Who has been so good. Don't believe me? Check out my recap of the latest episode, featuring a futuristic Hooniverse version of Amazon that seems like a really great idea right up until it doesn't. We'll get into that. One of the many reasons why I think the current Team TARDIS works so well, and why everyone who feared the show could be ruined forever by Jodie Whittaker's casting, continues to be wrong, wrong, wrong. Catch up on the whole season, with new installments posting every Tuesday throughout, in time and relative dimension in spoilers. You could catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. It's time to talk some news. First up from The Hollywood Reporter, Marty Nixon inks rich four-year overall deal with Netflix. Now, when they say rich, they mean eight figures. Yeah, they do. Holy crackers and cheese. Uh, The Sharp Objects grad will earn eight figures per year under the pact, which includes a first look at film projects. So... She's there with Netflix. They're going to pay her to put out more good stuff. And if they, she wants to do a movie, they ha- she has to show it to them first. Like, maybe they'll do it. This sounds like all sorts of win for, for her. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, she got a hell of a bona fides, bona fides, um, sharp objects, diet land. Like, I, like this just, Netflix is is just, you know, packing their their stables with really really good quality talent just it seems like they're doing the right thing with the monies that we throw at them for plus i like marty noxon yeah why um buffy oh uh, that okay (laughs) because buffy bad men glee gray's anatomy like right (laughs) also her twitter bio is i ruined buffy and i will ruin you (laughs) There you go. I, it owns up on it. Good to know. So <laughs> we're going to get some more stuff from her on the, 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 the main channel. So good for her. Um, next up from Deadline. <gasps> HBO says Game of Thrones is coming back. <gasps> <laughs> uh, we finally have a date, people. Well, April, right? Does it say the date? A month whatever it's enough yeah well i mean (laughs) according to this they're like well yeah game of thrones normally comes out in april unless it was season four which came out in this month or season five which came like so then you know yeah like like 
but you know often april maybe um hbo did you know did a a a first look kind of thing which was a relook at all of the old stuff so nothing new came out (laughs) but got information april 2019 season eight enough to remind you the show exists and it was good last time we looked. Yeah, did, did, wasn't like the final scenes, the dragons coming through and breaking down the wall? Yep. The icy fire dragon? Yes. So, yeah, that's a hell of a cliffhanger. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that, people. Like, you, you didn't know it was coming. This spawned one of my uh, more favorite recent Onion headlines, which is a uh, new Game of Thrones trailer confirms that new season will be co- uh, completely made up of footage from past seasons. Yeah. Yes. That's, that, <laughs> I don't understand why they do that, but just, just put up like they could get away with just saying a title card that says Game of Thrones, April 2019. They've done that it. in years past. And that's enough. People will go, oh, my God. And. They don't have to reshow all the stuff. So there was a one year where they they like made of they made whatever the the premiere date was they they froze it like they made something that set it and then they froze it in a block of ice and then they shot like fire guns at it and streamed it on Facebook Live and people sat there and watched ice melt to, to find out when it was coming back. <laughs> it was completely ridiculous. That's that's that shows how how hard of a hold that show has on the public. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sit here and watch ice melt. Huh. All right, next up this this comes from a a, a Twitter handle. Um you may know him. Uh it is at actually NPH. Um Mr. Near Patrick Harris as Count Olaf and Joe I, what's his name? It's it's Joe to me. It's not Joe. Um, Patrick Warburton? Yeah, that's it. Patrick <laughs> as his character Lemony. Proceed to tell us that the next and final season of Lemony Snicket series Unfortunate Events is coming uh, January first. I like it. It's a it's a good tease. You know that. I, yeah, a- I um I might since this is going to be the last season, I might go back and finish season two. I was starting to have a problem with this show uh, in that <clears throat> it was becoming specifically what the show was warning you about like this is a real downer like that you are these these children are constantly surrounded by infuriatingly stupid and evil people yes and uh it became kind of hard to watch like i kind of stopped having fun with it after a little while uh, just because things were it was just constantly so grim and so infuriating because you know it was it's all fun and games until you start realizing that, God, people are really like this. Like, maybe not to this extent, but, oh, my God, people are awful. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, but, but they did put it right out there on Front Street. <coughs> you know, it, it, they from the very beginning, the first Patrick experience was, yo, this is going to be a rough watch. Yeah, like I said, that's just be, it was becoming exactly what it was warning against. But it is a, it is a very well well put together show and i am genuinely interested to find out like watching this trailer it was talking about questions like answering questions that i have and well there you go that's i i want to know the answers to these questions and i'm really curious how it's all going to end because it is ultimately a children's property so i would like to hope that the baudelaire's do wind up in some sort of positive-esque situation by the end 
Uh, it does seem by the trailer that uh, things aren't going to go too well for Count Olaf in the end. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I, I, I think I'll go back and I was under the impression there was like a whole crap ton of books, but I also don't really know how many of those books they're fitting in per season. So uh, if they're going to be polishing off in one more season, I think after I finish BoJack Horseman, I'll uh, maybe finish off season two of this and mm. see where it takes me. Karen, any knowledge of how many books there are? Because you're I the reader know, of the group. But I don't uh, know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read the series, but uh, I do know that it seemed like they were covering a good couple, three, four books per uh, per season. Okay. Let's see. Elliot. Oh. Snicket books. Let's let's do some live Google searching. The overlords will tell me everything like that I need 13. to know. Thirteen. Holy crackers! Yes, so they do so not appear to be very long. No, but still, there's thirteen. So yeah, I think each episode, w- like each book, was like two episodes or three episodes. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing this. Like, um, I think season one ended. Uh, and season one looks like it incorporated the first four books. So yeah, four, eight, so, twelve-ish. Yeah. yeah, that'll do. That'll be it. So, all right, check that out. It's a, it's a, it's a good trailer. It's a good tease. Okay. So I think the when you guys, I don't remember who posted it. I'm going to assume it was Chris. Well, no. I'm going to assume it was Karen because you squeed, Chris. <laughs> and I think that's the first time I've actually ever <coughs> seen you squee. Uh, the Nerdist brings us the news that Mystery Science Theater 3000 Season 12 trailer reveals movies in the gauntlet. Chris, explain. Okay, so... Um, squee! No. Squee! <laughs> All right, so uh, a tradition in Mystery Science Theater, uh, it originally pre- premiered on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, for the for years and years and years, Mystery Science Theater would do a Turkey Day marathon, uh, okay. where they would just marathon a whole crap load of episodes on uh, Comedy Central, and that would be their, their whole Thanksgiving day, and it was wonderful and joyous. And then that eventually stopped, and then the show was canceled for eons, and obviously that didn't continue. But then after the revival, they started doing... Um, actually, I think they even started do, doing it again before the revival. Uh, Joel started doing, like, on YouTube, uh, little you know mini versions of, of the Turkey Day Marathon. Well, this okay. year, they are, instead of doing the traditional Turkey Day Marathon... Uh, they've been doing that, started it on Sunday uh, on YouTube, and then Pluto has been doing Turkey Day uh, marathons kind of consistently all week. Mm-hmm. And then on Thanksgiving, the new season premieres. And the new season uh, is kind of like a, a half a season. They started um, <clears throat> making the seasons shorter to kind of tell a little bit more of a narrative and then do more seasons, uh, but shorter seasons. Um, okay. To kind of work with the whole binging mentality of Netflix. And I, I think it's a pretty clever way of attacking it. And, uh, the new season is called the gauntlet where the story is, is that they're making, uh, Jonah and the bots watch all six episodes in a row. Like it's, it's, you know, instead of like, back you know, an back episode, back to back they all happen on different days. Yeah. So the trailer is really funny. And the reason that I squeed, uh, was because they showed off, um, what the episodes are. And like the movies that they're going to watch are just um they're, they're so here, hold on. I, I really something special. I feel like it's listed here. Okay. So, so Mac and me. Mac and me, yes. <laughs> Which come on. It's I, it, 
these all seem to be, I want to call them homages, but they're not. They're ripoffs. Yeah, there, there seems to be a, a decent chunk of uh, ripoffs here. So this I mean, is an E.T. Got... ripoff, Mac and Me. And Mac uh-huh. and Me is a known property. People, Yeah, that's that's a known quantity. Yeah. That was a that was a, a big deal in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's garbage. Yeah, I haven't horrible. seen it since I was a kid. But, it's uh, just, it's like, it's like a foam sock puppet almost. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait to see them riff that one. Okay. Uh, then you've got uh, Atlantic Rim. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds promising. <laughs> this, I think, is from that same production company that made, like, Transmorphers. Yes. It's just, like, they make these super quick ripoffs of, you know, blockbuster movies. So I'm assuming that, like, because as the trailer for MST3K is showing, it shows parts of the movies, and one of them looked like a toy Transformer former or toy Voltron-esque robot folding up out of the water. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's this. But yeah, it that literally was, that was looks Atlantic like a Grimm. toy. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 cheap garbage. Uh then you've got more um Lords of the Deep. Yeah, Lords of the Deep is an old Roger Corman movie, The Day Time Ended. Uh, Killer Fish, which is a it's right there in the title, awesome. Uh but really the one that makes that made me so happy was that um uh, they're doing Ator, the Fighting Eagle. Mm. Uh, one of my all-time favorite episodes of Mystery Science Theater is Cave Dwellers. Okay. Uh, and Cave Dwellers is the sequel to this movie. <laughs> Cave Dwellers starring Miles O'Keefe. How much O'Keefe is in this movie anyway? Miles O'Keefe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, we know what you'll be watching. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I, I don't think I'll be getting to watch this on Thanksgiving. I still haven't finished the previous season Ooh. Uh, because I can't really watch this with the kids around. Got that because true. while Mystery Science Theater itself is inherently family friendly, the movies they watch aren't. That's very true. Uh, so there's a lot of like very disturbing imagery in a lot of these movies. And, you know, obviously, if you're older than like seven, it's not disturbing imagery so much as like, wow, that's really stupid and kind of funny. And. <laughs> Yeah, Sometimes but be scary, under but... the ten or under the seven line. Yeah, that's that's iffy. Yeah, you know, for for little kids when they see like weird foam demon creepy masks and people being beheaded, it's just kind of you know it's disturbing. So I don't like to watch the show too much when the kids are around, unless it's I know the episode and I know when there's going to be something that's disturbing in it. Um, so I haven't actually had any time to just sit and watch Mystery Science Theater by myself. That mm-hmm. that time doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> so yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> I am trying to work on uh, picking away at the, the remainder of the season. I think I only have like three episodes left. Uh, and it's just so good. It's so wonderfully done. And I can't wait to see a season two now that they've gotten you know, one season under their belts to get used to these characters and get used to doing the riffing and, and get a little more natural with it. Um, so I'm just over the moon excited about Squee. this. I, this this season sounds like an absolute blast. So, Squee indeed. All right, moving on. Next up from Variety.com, bringing news to nobody. Today <laughs> ratings climb after the exit of Megyn Kelly. Ha 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 ha. There's a lot of information in here about uh, today versus Good Morning America. Lots of numbers. They've always been real close, um, but there was a percentage bump in the viewership of today once Megan. Once they got rid of that hateful toad. So yeah, it's like well, I mean, it's the Today Show, and it's 
it's what is this the Today Show is NBC, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So like, then you get Megyn Kelly, who is like this Fox figurehead puppet. Mm-hmm. How did they think this was gonna go? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know I what don't their end know game either. was, but we know. I, I feel like there's contractual things going on now, and it just bothers me that someone can lose their job and still get paid. Well, you're going to have to get over that because yeah. that happens all the time. Yeah. yeah, it does. It doesn't happen to us all the time. No, no. When no. we lose jobs, we don't get paid. But yeah. rich people lose jobs and they continue to get paid. Yeah. Eat the rich, everybody. <laughs> Just eat them. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to other news from Variety. Star Wars Pedro Pascal to lead the Mandalorian series. Uh, this is... That's the... the Favreau joint, right? I believe so. That's the live-action Star Wars thing that he was doing for Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that's news. I don't... Who is who is this person? I don't know who this person is, though. Pedro Pascal. He yeah. was uh, Game of Thrones, I believe. Yes, he was... Um, uh, what's his oh, face? Oh, he was the... What, oh, yeah, he was the... the I don't want to say... Not Tyrell. Prince. What the fuck was his name? He was like the the Spaniard group. Yeah. And was he the one who fought the mountain? He fought the mountain and, and died, died horribly. <laughs> on I a mean, pike. He he went all Darth Maul on him. He was just like, ha ha! Prince Oberyn. Now I will play. And then he, you know, died because he decided to get cocky instead of finishing the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Favreau's doing a a, a live action Star Wars thing. They're concentrating on the Mandalorians, which is Boba Fett. Um, Boba Fett, where? Yeah. Oh, stop it! You knew he was going to do that. Sorry. It's um, fine. So yeah, I, I, I don't have any problems with this. Yeah, cool, man. Seems I'd, fine. Yay! Thumbs yeah. up. Yay! What I do like is the next article from TVLine.com. <laughs> Veronica Yay! Mars. J.K. Simmons joins Hulu's <laughs> revival as Big Dick's backup. <laughs> like he's his enforcer, his muscle. Um, <clears throat> this sounds his awesome. Fixer. This sounds awesome. Yay! Like yeah, I love it when J.K. Simmons gets to be a dick. <laughs> he's good at it, and he just seems lovable while doing it. I don't know. Like he, he, it's mildly endearing, but there is a cute little photo of everybody together from the first table read um Patton Oswalt's in this yes Patton he's Oswalt's in everything he's everywhere just ex- isn't he just accept it <laughs> so yeah if more you don't good like news. him get out yeah really <laughs> move on um so yeah good news from the Ver- Veronica Mars front this doesn't seem to be at all failing Nope. Like I haven't had, like I haven't heard any bad news yet, or something that I went, mm, I don't know. So, good, good stuff all around the Veronica Mars front. Um, do we have any idea when that's coming? Next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Next up from TVLine.com. Not a hundred percent sure how I feel about this, um, and I will explain after I say it. John Cryer is Supergirl's Lex Luthor. Now, most people know John Cryer from Two and a Half Men, which is great. 
He did or a fine. Or from the 80s. Yeah. Or from the 80s, yes. Um, what what jumped at me was in one of the Superman movies featuring Chris Reeve, he was a Luther. Like, he was like the son of the son of something like that. And I Son of a something. He played Lenny Luthor in Superman 4. Now... For those that don't remember Superman 4, it was the Superman where the villain had really nice nails. Um, I, I'm so off of Supergirl. I'm like, I'm so behind that I have no real opinion about this. But it's John Cryer. He normally does a good job. Normally, like, dark and funny. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, it can't be horrible it's supergirl it's c-dubs I have, I have some faith in supergirl but this does seem like kind of a weird choice to me i don't know oh well it, maybe it's like i don't know i don't know i don't know what like out of all of the, the actors and actresses to choose like they keep i i do understand having like the the cute little tie-in that he played lenny luther like i i get that that's fun that's like an easter egg for those that paid attention in the past but Two and a Half Men, which is his most current thing outside of some NCI stuff, like that doesn't lead to Lionel or Lex Luthor. So, well, I mean, he's played Felix Faust in a bunch of animated Justice League things. So, okay, I don't know. He's clearly a, a fan. That's <coughs> that's true and also good. I am, uh, you know, he's, what's interesting about this kind of guy, like, he was in Hot Shots and, you know, <laughs> he was in Two and a Half Men. Like, this guy's a comedian. Yes. Sometimes that works out really well. It does. Sometimes so, it does. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not being very familiar with Two and a Half Men because the show makes me gag. Right. Uh, he was the straight man. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I, sorry. Uh, any anyway, um, not being overly familiar with his work on that show or really much of anything that he's done, I it, I'm interested. It's a weird choice, but sometimes, you know what? If I had just seen a picture of the dude they picked to be Superman beforehand, I would have been like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he looks all right, <laughs> but that dude knocked it out of the park. He did. They and he does. Uh, Supergirl is still very much a CW superhero show, and I am starting to grow a bit tired of that whole formula, but I feel like, um, at the very least, with Supergirl, the majority of the casting that they've done has been ridiculously on point. Um, so I'll agree with I'm, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm game. If they, if they think that this guy is the man for the job, then... Who are we to argue, I suppose? Yeah. I think I'm having a little bit of trouble seeing him, like, in company of Brenda Strong and uh, and that girl, the Irish girl who plays Lena. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just don't see him looking like he belongs with them in their family, but, uh, whatever. Like, aesthetically? Yeah. Okay. Well, are they going to shave his head? I, he... I don't know, but he always has shorter hair. It's not like he's wearing a mop top or anything. So, <laughs> who knows? We'll see. It's CW. It's it'll be fine. Next up from Marvel.com, breaking: Marvel's Agents of Shield officially renewed for season seven. 
which Yay! what? <laughs> which I found the interactions on our new our like our our communication feed funny from you, Chris. Is like this isn't news. We knew this. Oh wait, that was for season six, which hasn't started yet. Yeah, because why? Why this is like. This is super weird timing. Why are they doing this? Like, usually Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the last couple of years have been like, I don't know, are they going to renew it? Like, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And they're like, hey, we renewed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, but you did already. And they're like, no, no, we renewed it again. And then I'm sitting here thinking, wait a second, why? (laughs) Not that I'm complaining. I'm freaking thrilled. I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and I think the show has just consistently gotten better and better over the years. But I was under the impression that this next season was like stretching it. <laughs> like, okay, we'll give you one more to tie things up. And now they're just like, nah, screw it. Get, take two more. Why not? <laughs> so you guys current on Agents? Yeah, we are, yeah, we but are you know, it, it ended. It ended last uh, the you know late spring, mm-hmm. and it's not coming back until summer. Right. It ended year. pre-snap, and it is not coming back until after post we find snap. out post-snap. So, uh, aw, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Two snaps and around the world. <laughs> so, there you go. More, more agents of Shield is not a bad thing, especially if it's the same agents of Shield that we've been getting. So, it's just so baffling. I wonder what the cause of this was. Because, like, this show was on the bubble before. Yeah, it's like, been on the bubble was... for, like, the past three seasons, hasn't it? Yeah, and to get them, like, to just jump right out in front of things and be like, screw it, we're giving you two more seasons. Like, this kind of an advanced order is, especially considering all the cancellations from the Netflix shows, this is a really weird move. Again, it's not, I'm not complaining, I just am very dumbfounded by it. Well, it is a network comic book show that is not DC. It's not CW. Like there's not there's one, right? Mhm. So it's a, it's a unique animal. So I guess maybe they think oh, we got to we got to keep our toes in this pool for as long as we possibly can. So we'll see. So all right, moving on. Next up from comicbook.com. So was it <sighs> the last show? Probably. We we were teasing that possibly uh, Adi Sankar might be doing a Zelda show, maybe? Yeah, he, he teased that he was going to be doing something else from a Japanese video game publisher. A that's major like Japanese. A major Japanese property. And, you know, a lot of people just kind of thought, ooh, they've been talking about doing Zelda on Netflix for a while. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time. Maybe this guy who's doing this amazing Castlevania thing is going to do a Legend of Zelda. It's going to be incredible. Nope. Nope. It's going to be Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry announces Netflix anime series. So, I'm sure it'll be fine. What there, I, was already, there was already a Devil May Cry anime. Yeah. The, the Devil May Cry is already basically anime. Yes. I have a question because I read this and then it said that it's going to be in the Castlevania universe. Multiverse. Oh. I don't know what the hell that means. Like... <laughs> Okay. Are they going to do some sort of Castlevania Devil May Cry crossover in the future? I, I I don't know what they mean by this is going to be part of the this what we are now calling the bootleg multiverse. I don't know what that means. Wh- who's we? What the hell's going on? <laughs> it's the royal we. Um, okay. I have a lot of questions. Uh, First of all, Shang- how dare you? <laughs> 
Shankar, that he's the one who said it. It says in this article, for those curious about the new anime, IGN did learn Devil May Cry will tie into Castlevania. There's no word on how the connection will work, but Shankar told the site the anime series will be a part of, quote, what we are now calling the bootleg multiverse. Okay. All right. So they maybe take pl- like they take place in very different timelines. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're not even. But that's the other thing is like if they're going to try to say Devil May Cry takes place in like the future, they there is Castlevania in the future as well. Like the, there are characters that exist all throughout history in Castlevania. So I mm. I don't know. Like if he does the if he does that show half as good as he's done Castlevania, I'm sure it'll be great. But yeah. I just have so much less interest in Devil May Cry's mythology than I do uh, Castlevania. Yeah, and its characters. Like, yeah, but Castlevania or uh, Devil May Cry does have a following. Like, oh, it definitely is a popular series. It is a very popular series. It's not quite as popular for its mythology as Castlevania is. Okay, but it is very popular because its main characters, Dante and Virgil, are extremely stylistic, uh, murderous bastards. <laughs> uh, so, I'm sure it's gonna look super cool. Uh, but again, it's like. I don't know. I, I I have very little interest in this just because I'm not a huge Devil May Cry fan. I loved the first game, and then I have I've played zero other Devil May Cry games because I feel like the first one scratched the itch, yeah, and uh, now I'm done. So as I'm looking at this article, you know, you scroll down, and, and it leads into the next article, which is new Pokemon plushies, which led me to think: Have you like, have you guys actually sat down and watched the trailer for? Detective Pikachu? Like five or six times. Yeah, it keeps airing during uh, like ad breaks for uh, the YouTube channels that our son watches. Okay, cause... And Ellie just would, I, I'd turn on YouTube and Ellie would see a picture and be like, I want to watch that one again. I feel like at some point in time, they're just going to go, nah, just kidding. Like, I don't, like, <laughs> I don't understand. Well, that's How the is thing. This a thing. And it's, this is TV related because all of the trailers are showing up on TV. So loosely tied. Go. <laughs> so Detective Pikachu was a game. Okay. Like, was they, it? they, a couple of years ago, like several years ago in Japan, they did this like episodic uh, releases of Detective Pikachu for 3DS, which was basically the story we've seen in this movie trailer. And they're like, and we're going to do a live-action Hollywood-style movie. And we're like, sure you are. Not only <laughs> okay. are they doing that, they're picking then Ryan... They cast Ryan somebody. Reynolds. They're like, we're going to ca- we're gonna cast like a real actor, for, a real Hollywood actor for Pikachu, and it's going to be Ryan Reynolds. And the internet was just like, yeah, sure you did. Okay, yeah, this is really going to happen. Okay. Okay. And then they launched this trailer... And not only is does it look better than the game, because the game was not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was exceedingly weird, because, I mean, even by yeah. Pokemon standards, this is freaking strange. Right, <laughs> like, makes sense. Yeah. Here's a Pikachu that one dude can understand who thinks he's a detective or something. Like, this is just weird. But the trailer looks good? Like <laughs> Question mark? It, it looks like it could be... Like, so... Not only does it look like a decently cute movie, like it it's got all the trappings of a children's movie and and yada yada yada, but it is unabashedly a Pokemon movie, which is something that no one ever does. 
anytime somebody makes a movie based on a video game property, they do something to it to try to make it like more believable. Or, uh, well, the characters from this are stuck in the real world. Or uh, we've changed everything, so now it's not a bunch of people on Mars. It's like a bunch of space marines doing something else. Uh, it's tangentially related at best to the video game properties. Whereas this one, they took the world of Pokemon and made it live action. Mm -hmm. Like, they took all the weird-ass Pokemon and made realistic textures to them and whatnot and 100% fully owned that this is just the world of Pokemon. And it's live action. Enjoy. And Pikachu being all fuzzy and fluffy is wonderful. Um, but with the attitude <laughs> of Ryan Reynolds is... Like, I I can't... All right, so we all know I'm a Ryan Reynolds fan, but, like, for that like that juxtaposition is... Like, I couldn't have asked for a, 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 a more perfect situation for this. Ever since they announced this, the, in, the entirety of the Pokemon community has wanted Detective Pikachu to be Danny, Danny DeVito. Right. Um, but I think Ryan Reynolds works uh, pretty darn well. I, I concur. I concur. I just I the, the when the fact that I, I thought it was going to be when other people could he, could not hear Detective Pikachu it would still be Ryan Reynolds saying like Pika Pika but it was like the silly cute anime voice going Pika Pika <laughs> <laughs> I am amazed and I'm not like the hugest Pokemon fan on the planet here or anything I'm not uh, no you're just the resident hard... gamer and you have you have the information. <laughs> I was just stunned to, to see it. I was like, this is now a real thing in my world. I have to pay attention to this because it is a Ryan Reynolds movie. It is, and so, you must be involved in I all Ryan Reynolds properties. <laughs> this is but, very uh, true. We all know. Boy, that. oh boy. I, am, I think this might be the first genuinely good video game movie. <laughs> we shall see. We shall. All right, next up, uh, from doyourremember.com. I don't remember.com. <laughs> so they're bringing back Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, that was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse is officially returning <coughs> to TV. Um, I wouldn't say I was missing Pee Wee's Playhouse, who the but oh fuck my was? god, I was the hugest Pee Wee fan when I was a kid. And like the thing that happened with him where he couldn't be on TV anymore in front of kids. Uh, that happened the like thing that we're right all now as, forgetting. <laughs> no, we whatever. But, okay. Um, that happened like right as I was old enough to like understand like what he was getting in trouble things. for. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, no more Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like this is lame. So all right, <clears throat> holiday special, Christmas at Pee Wee. Blah, blah, blah. So it, it's starting. November 22nd at 6 a.m. On Thanksgiving. So there we go. Um, are, are new ones coming out? Like I couldn't understand that. No, I think this is just like they're, they're just re airing the old okay. ones, which I don't think have been on TV. Well, didn't they? Um, they made new Pee Wee stuff for a while there, right? But it wasn't like geared towards adults. Well, the original or Pee Wee was not child friendly like he had well, a stage show yeah but show. I mean like there was more Pee-wee's Playhouse there was like a stage show of Pee-wee's Playhouse like maybe five or six years ago I think yeah that went back to its roots kind of thing 
mm. where it was inappropriate for children. Like that's it, it, weird. Yeah. <laughs> so all of this is weird. And I used to love this show when I was a little kid. I really did love Pee Wee's Playhouse. But uh, looking back on it now, it's really freaking weird. What, what blew my mind in this article was that Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you know, the Tim Burton joint, came out in mm-hmm. 1985. Yep. Holy crackers that's a long time ago well there you go people um cbs no is that is that where we're getting it from i'm trying to see because no it's on ifc okay oh the cbs has had the rights that and they try to repurpose it i get you okay so ifc (laughs) out of left (laughs) Wee's playhouse coming to your screens Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. So, next up from comicbook.com, Bill Maher disrespects Stan Lee's legacy and questions the importance of comics. (laughs) Bill Maher can get bent. Yeah. Bill Maher can kiss the fattest part of my ass. (laughs) And I second both of those statements. Um... I, really, ju- I, I just don't know what to say. Really, I put this in the feed as a way to bring in us, you know, paying our respects to Stanley. I mean, it's... and and I I see that, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what to say about. It, it shows how out of touch Bill Maher is. Oh yeah, and it does. He goes d- specifically to the at some point. You know, we all realize that comic books are for kids, and eventually you have to grow up and read big boy books with no pictures in them, and it's like. All right, you have completely. You're Missed an idiot. The point. You he are. An, you are officially an idiot. If if you want to, anybody, and I, I don't, I don't care who you are, but really, if anybody wants to discount an entire medium based on a perception of what the content of that medium primarily focuses on, is an idiot. Like, if you want to discount video games because you played Super Mario Brothers once, then you you're an idiot. Like. It's it's that's like discounting books because you read the little engine that could like. <laughs> well, I read Harry Bad. Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. That means that all books are about wizards, and I don't like magic, so therefore everything is garbage. Books are dumb. Books are dumb. I it's that's it literally is that stupid. It's a hundred percent that stupid. Like okay, don't like superhero stuff. By the way, in, are you still enjoying your residuals from your appearance in Iron Man three? Yep. Um, <clears throat> I used to really dig Bill Maher's show, but uh, I stopped watching it after a while. I think when he started, uh, when like he started dumbfounding his guests by going on a tirade about like how evil big orange juice is, um, <laughs> like that that's one of the big problems we should be paying attention to. I don't know. Um, he tried. He tried of- <laughs> to grab a hold of a headline to make himself seem more relevant and he just went in the very wrong direction i don't even know if he was trying to make himself seem more relevant i think he's i think he genuinely believes that anybody who thinks that uh stanley was some kind of uh important figure or that anybody who has ever gotten anything out of reading a comic book is a moron i think that he's just that out of touch and i think that's freaking sad because I read a great article earlier today about how he's basically become uh, Bill Maher's basically become a parody of himself. Like he has become the thing that he used to 
basically make fun of um, yeah. because he's very kind of stuck in his ways. And uh, let's not forget he is a stand-up comedian. That's what he did for a living for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And now he's someone gave him a stage. And when that happens, you, you, you should use that stage for the right <coughs> thing. And like you said, discrediting an entire community because of your lack of information just shows how small-minded you are, Bill. Yeah, like seriously, it can't be good storytelling because there's pictures involved. Go fuck yourself. Pictures? Thousand words kind of thing, remember? Moving pictures. Does that mean television is not a good media? It is it's not a okay medium? Like, you can't have good television because there's imagery involved? It has to be boring, dusty books, or it's not worth its weight in salt? <sighs> All right. Very disappointed. Stanley was amazing. He was. He, he, there's, He's important to all of us. And it's in so many different ways. Like, I, I work for a gallery. Okay, We have had multiple conversations about Stan recently. And previously, even before his passing. And when, when I found out, you know, when we found out about his passing, there was two things that I, I, I felt were necessary to post... Um, one of which was that he started making a splash in his 40s. That's mm-hmm. when his career really took off. And that's that says volumes to people that are like myself, that are trying to figure out what the next step is. And that was something I posted on my Facebook feed four years ago. And it showed up in my, like, you know, your memory feed two Mm -hmm. days after he passed. And then another very important thing was he, all right, so the back of comics used to be, like, notes to the editor. And he, Stan's soapbox was used for not only information about the comic book world, the book that it was, you know, it showed up in, but about the industry, about the community, about culture. Like, he like he wrote some of the most imp- impressive diatribes about racism and how bad it is in the back of a fucking comic book. I mean, seriously, read X-Men. That is literally, literally what X-Men is about, has always been about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always that, that wonderful sect of the internet that... You know, cries when uh, X Men comics get too political, or they're, you know, turning the X Men into a bunch of social justice warriors. That's literally what the X Men are. Yes, they are warriors for social justice. Yes, and that was kind of Stanley's thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's he's uh, good dude. He will be greatly missed. He will be. Uh, before you get to the next news story, yes. I have a news story Ooh, to, to bring up. Uh, that's that's breaking. Uh-oh. Uh, so Donald Faison, <clears throat> excuse my cracking voice, uh, Donald Faison of Scrubs fame yes. is uh, kind of cheesed off right now at the makers of Fortnite. Ooh. 
because uh, Fortnite has a new dancing emote that rips off his dance moves from Scrubs. The Michael Jackson thing? Uh, it was actually his poison dance in the episode where Donald Faison did a dance to uh, Poison. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at a side-by-side video. I don't really know quite how to share it with you guys. Okay. Um, actually, you know what? Here, I'll send it as a message to, uh, to you guys so you can see it. Well, this uh, is riveting podcasting. <laughs> but uh, you, you'll, you yeah. can see it. It's, it's not like this is a coincidence. Uh, it is quite literally it's exact. that dance. Yeah, it's exact. <laughs> I, I I read earlier today that uh, he's he's none too thrilled about the fact that they did this uh, without his permission because oh. they did it without his permission. Yeah, but he did it on TV. Yeah, <laughs> it was like they still, filmed him in he his still living made room. It up. Yeah, it's still his dance moves. Like you know, wow. Okay. I'm just watching it over your shoulder <laughs> and like. It's it you know it is quite literally his dance moves. They, 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 it seems like he mocapped it, or they mocapped it from the from episode. The video of him from the episode, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it is one to one. It is a hundred percent that scene. So, is the know. is there music in the game? Like, Fortnite has a series of dance emotes that you can do during the game like at any point during the game i believe you can press a button and you can do any number of dance moves that you can like assign to your character i don't know i've barely played fortnite for more than a couple of minutes okay i'm curious if it's not for me (laughs) but uh so that's that's a thing and i don't know that's it's not quite as bad as when glee ripped off a jonathan colton's cover of baby got back but it's still kind of crappy right like yeah Uh, yeah, literally yeah. yeah Yeah. Uh, like seriously if they had just called him up beforehand he probably would have been freaking thrilled yeah and like yeah, yeah, go, yeah nuts. Go, go nuts in- instead it was just like <laughs> and here's a thing oh oh there you go breaking news <laughs> video games stole something all right uh next up from the wall street journal that's right people we pay attention to like other <laughs> news sites um Outlook for traditional TV goes from bad to worst. Oh, like if, to worse. This is not. Oh, come on, Wall Street. You should. This is. Yeah. So traditional TV has to figure out what the hell they're doing because they are losing subscribers left and right and forward and backwards and up and down. Um, this is it. More than 1 million customers canceled their cable, TV, or satellite subscriptions in the past quarter. That's a lot of cable cutters. So, the article goes... Literally the only uh, stranglehold that I believe any cable companies have on anyone now is their being internet providers. Right. In areas where they're the only choice for that. Right, and I feel that this is going to... I don't see why it hasn't happened yet, but there are standalone internet providers for high speed, and it's usually for, like, businesses mm-hmm. that, you know, show up in areas that do not have, you know, Fios or, or whatever. I'm I'm kind of surprised that more of them have not turned up. You know, spending the money on the, the data farms to just give internet because, because said cable companies have made have uh, 
contracts with areas to not allow them to do that. Really? Our area, for example, Fios and and any other high speed internet uh, company is legally not allowed to move into our area because Comcast has a contract with all of the uh, with the uh, the township, all and all the surrounding townships to be the only provider of this kind of internet access around here. And somehow <clears throat> that's legal. And somehow that's legal. So yeah, we uh, literally our only choice for. Uh, high-speed internet of this caliber. I feel like you're air quoting high-speed internet. By the way, yes, high-speed internet uh, is through Comcast, and it's a fraction of what we used to get when we lived in North Jersey when we had FiOS. Like our upload speeds, which is when we're doing this podcast, we're all communicating via via Skype or Google Hangouts or whatever, and we have to upload files to one another. When we're doing all that. My end of it is always the worst because we're stuck with uh, Xfinity's crappy dipshit McGee service. Exactly, and like, it's uh, weird because like a lot of and right now I am currently on Comcast as well, and it's you know thirty download for upload like that. Exactly, that's the the upload speeds are garbage and. I can't upgrade them, um, not within any sort of reasonable price variance. Mm -hmm. And to tie this into what we're talking about, we would love to go with any other television provider, but they have the internet. Mm -hmm. So if we were to, say, get rid of everything except the internet, the internet price gets jacked up to the point where any other service that we would get on top of just the internet would wind up costing more than the bundle that we get with Comcast and their TV service. So while, yeah, the internet by itself is technically affordable, once you add another service, like if we wanted to get all the channels we wanted to get for like $30 a month, that becomes like 5 to $10 more a month than we pay to get Comcast's crappy service. So I hate Comcast. I hate this planet and everyone on it. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, something has to be figured out because... TV is going like traditional television is going away. They they can't keep up, and because they're still reliant on advertising, and that's not working anymore. So it's time to figure it out, people. Yeah. All right, Karen. Yes. We got this covered. Dot com. Uh huh. So. Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chinball are, re- are leaving Doctor Who in 2019? That's what these people seem to think. It's a it rumor. It's a rumor. <laughs> it's a rumor. Yeah, straight up right at the beginning, want to say, this is a rumor. It actually says Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chinball rumored to leave Doctor Who in 2019. Yeah, uh, Starburst Magazine is yeah. reporting a source that the BBC told them that Chibnall isn't happy with how things are being run behind the scenes and is looking to quit Doctor Who after season 12. It's and Steve from accounting. apparently Jodie Whittaker will walk out with him. Well, that I, I believe. Like, if Chinball goes, or what's Chinball? How do you say it? Chibnall. Chibnall. If, mm-hmm. if he goes, I believe that she will go. But I don't believe Chris is going to go. And I'm not the biggest Who fan, or I'm not, uh, you know, I just, like, he is making waves, and so, I mean, they are making waves in this universe, and it's a, it's, like, it's a good thing. 
right? Uh-oh. I just why, don't. Why are you sighing heavily, Karen? <clears throat> well, number one, <clears throat> who the fuck has ever heard of any of these sources? That's true. I did note that. And number two, this, oh, the, this fan, one, a fan site that seems to be, quote unquote, confirming this story, Outpost Scaro, says a series a year will be too much for the young mum, and the actress will likely hand over to the keys to the TARDIS. So they're saying that, uh, I. Because she's a mother, she can't handle it? Yes. That's. Which up. is exactly the kind of hateful fanboy bullshit that uh, would be would be spread to try to discredit uh, to, to try to discredit the actor after you know people being displeased with her being in the role in the first place. That's exactly the kind of shit that people would say to say, "Oh, well, she couldn't hack it, so she's got to go because you know." Her, her whatever her family is more important. Her and womb got in the, the way. This is the kind of this shit that women have been putting up with for time immemorial. Like, yes, we are the the, the child bearers. That that's just biology for you. But that has nothing to do with like anybody's ability to do their job. So get bent. Yeah, it. I don't. So I don't buy any of this bullshit. I can't see why Chris Chibnall would be unhappy. The show's going great. Everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. Except for hateful fanboys on the internet. The only part of this that makes me think that it's plausible that he could be not getting along with BBC is that just thinking back to the Eccleston days of like, I I have this suspicion that sometimes the BBC can't isn't exactly the easiest company to work with but that being said like they made like there's so much love being put into this and it's it's such a really intelligent uh course correction for doctor who uh i would i would be astonished if uh there wasn't some way to work all of this business out but I mean, seriously, this new season is so successful on so many levels. It's like the premiere was like one of the highest rated episodes of Doctor Who ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. And that's a long time. That's a- I can't imagine the BBC not doing whatever they have to do to keep the people in charge happy and staying where they are. And, and it's the same thing with Jodie Whittaker. Like she's made such a huge splash, and she's she's brilliant in in the role. She works perfectly in the role, and this role clearly means a lot to her. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine something. Now, granted, I have no, I I don't know any of these people, but I I would I would think that she knows just how important this role is, not just you know you know personally for her. But just for so many people, that this this she is an important role. She absolutely does. Every yeah. interview she's ever done, every appearance she's ever made, she's made that very clear. Exactly. Uh, I think it would take something truly catastrophic to make her walk off, walk out of the show. And that's kind of one of the bigger things that, even if there is some truth to this rumor, the assumption that she would walk out of the role if uh, Chibnall were to walk out walk out on production. That's the part of it that I didn't buy. That was the part of it where I decided, yeah, I don't know that she'd do that. Like, I just don't know if if she would choose loyalty over uh, loyalty with this dude 
over how important it is and how cool it is that she has this role. Um, I don't know. I, it does. It does definitely smell a bit of, uh, you know, let's sprinkle some doom and gloom on the situation because we don't like what's <laughs> happening right now. Um, there's a very similar thing happening with the new Pokemon game right now. There's the new Pokemon game is not a core game in the franchise. So there's a bunch of people on the internet who are, you know, jumping all over every place where they can review bomb the thing to make to make their voices heard that this isn't you didn't make this for me so therefore it's awful and you should never you should be ashamed of yourselves and never do this again so this definitely sounds like the kind of thing that could be born of the internet of people saying well you didn't make this new doctor who specifically for me and my tastes so it's clearly bad it's awful everyone hates it and it should be just expunged from everything and get a white dude to be doctor who again and uh, call it a day thank you drive through so that I can continue to complain about the show being stale because I can't complain about the things I want to complain about about doctor who and and May I just further add that if there was any truth to this, if there like if there is any way that in some possibility that this actually comes to happen, then I dare BBC not to cast like a gay trans black person like in the role. Like, you know, just make it worse for them. That's all you can do. Fuck these people. They're going to cast a hamster. <laughs> cast a hamster. I love it. Who could hate a hamster? This is true. Time traveling hamster. All right. Finally, from TVLine.com. Netflix almost canceled Glow after season one. Here's why. I'm just going to surmise. Uh, it had low ratings because it was marketed incorrectly. Yep. There you go. That was almost a huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So, good on them for not canceling it and correcting their mistakes. Because it's a damn fine show. Damn fine. It sure is. (sighs) TV. Yeah. I like Glow. I think it's wonderful. It is. And yet you are a man. Strangely enough, I didn't... I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a man. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely enough, I am in fact a hamster. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to be the next Doctor Who. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I remember seeing the original ads for Glow and thinking, this looks like something I should watch. Yes. So I, I'm not entirely sure what was wrong with the marketing initially. I don't know. It's it was weird. a, uh, according to this article, it was a, they try to pit it men versus women. And it's not. No, it's, it's women versus definitely women. not. So. I don't and know. women, like, with women. Yeah. No, like, I mean, yeah. Yes. <coughs> I don't know. It's not canceled. It's still on. It's a great show. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Got it? Okay. Do it. Watch it with a smile on your face. A right. song in your heart. That's it. That's all we got. Chris, you got a spiel for me? I do. Ready to go. 
You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can our listeners find you? They can find me at shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of other wonderful any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. Nice ending, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Um, it is your turn. It is my turn. What, what's, what's the homework? Well, I've put a lot of thought into this. Um, I was kind of going back and forth because I really wanted to, to say that, uh, I mean, it, we're timing out with the premiere of Mr. Science Theater. And I would love to say, let's watch the first episode of the new season of Mystery Science Theater. But I just know that I will not have time to watch the first episode of the new season of Mystery Science Theater because it's a pretty big time commitment. And Karen and I getting to sit down for an hour and a half and watch television in a row is not the easiest thing to pull off on a regular basis. So, so instead, I have chosen another challenge for us uh, that I think we're up to the task of and we are going to attempt to finish the current season of daredevil so i would like to talk about the season finale of daredevil season three that's season three episode 13 daredevil a new napkin oh jesus season three episode 13 chris that means i have to watch 13 episodes of daredevil (laughs) yes you suck You understand that was the first thing I said when he said, what do you think about this pick? (laughs) Well, if I had picked uh, Mystery Science Theater, I guess you would have only had to watch watch one episode. That's true. But we've been we've been working really hard to try to get through this season of Daredevil Uh um, because it's really good. Yeah, no, it's like we finish two episodes, then we look at the clock and say, how stupid are we? Can we get away with one more episode? Because holy crap on a pita, this episode, this season has been nuts. All right, my question is this. Can I get away with watching it without watching any of the other? Like I'm behind on, I'm behind on all of them. Oh, yeah, no, no. It's still standalone. I can watch that independently. You watch Defenders, right? Yes. Yeah, this, yeah, you're good. Okay. All right. You don't have to deal with any of that other business. Well, I guess I'll leave it up to you guys. What do you think? First episode of Mystery Science Theater or last episode of Daredevil? What do you think we should watch? Karen? Stop. I'm fine with either. (laughs) We will do Daredevil. If I have to skip ahead, I don't have a problem with spoilers. If I have to skip ahead, I will skip ahead, but I will do my due diligence because it's it's the holiday season, so I will have a couple of days stopping so yeah i mean really it's it's hard to put down like yeah, so i know here. it's 10 o'clock right now and we got to work in the morning but i'm like sitting here thinking boy i'm sure it'd be I nice if we could pull up one more episode we only have five episodes left so we're you next have episode five, watch, i have, have five. 13 okay yes let's see let's see if we can make this happen <sighs> all right your homework people daredevil season three episode 13 what did you call it the napkin 
A new napkin. A new I, napkin. <laughs> I got to say, where we are in this season right now, when I looked at that episode title, I was kind of surprised. I got no... I don't really know what that's in relation to. Okay. But okay. A new napkin. Well, there it is. Sold. There it is, people. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining <coughs> us this week. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Do you want ants? Because that's how you get ants. <laughs> Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.